This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Tori Walker. Last year, I had the pleasure of emceeing the GROW conference in Brisbane. It's a Women's Day conference, and last year, 2019, the key book was To Timothy, and there were a couple of talks from that by Jane Tour, and they were great talks, and one of the verses that really stuck out to me was from chapter one, and I'm just going to read it to you. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, Paul, his prisoner, But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace given us in Christ Jesus. The conference organisers at GROW were really keen to illuminate that Bible teaching that Jane was giving us by interviewing three Brisbane women from different areas of Brisbane and different stages of life to see what it looked like for them to live lives that were unashamed of Jesus, how it was that they were able to think about living lives by God's wisdom and not the world's wisdom and what it looked like for them to stay true to Jesus. They are delightful women, ordinary women, trusting in an extraordinary God and so it was a real pleasure for me to get to know them and to interview them on the day. And I was keen to share that interview with you guys as well on the Lydia Project. So the three women were Carly, Val and Dina. And I'll just introduce Carly to you now before the recorded interview starts because it just starts just after I'd introduced her. So it'll help you get to know all of them a little bit. So Carly has four children in primary school and is a member of City North Baptist Church where she's involved in Sunday school teaching. Her superpower of choice, if she had one, would be the superpower of invisibility so that she could occasionally hide from all her children. Okay, over to introducing Val. And Val here on my right works in the magnificent One William Street Tower across the river. I've completely lost my sense of direction. I think it's over that way. Um, she travels in each day to work from Ipswich, where she churches at Central Church. Her superpower, if given the choice, would be the superpower of high metabolism. So she could eat whatever she liked <laughs> and not have to work at all. And Dina has been a member of Grace Bible Church, well, since it began. Her husband's the founding pastor, and together they've been involved there. They've got four adult children, and she confessed to me that she was whooping with delight when her last child um, graduated from university recently. (laughs) Um, Now, if she could have any superpower, it would be the super-fast running speed of Dash from The Incredibles, so she could dash all over the world seeing friends and family and then be back in time for dinner. So let's welcome these ladies. Thank you. So, Dina, let's start with you. What do you love about living for Jesus at the moment? Oh, just all these songs we've been singing this morning about God's grace. I just, um, every day, just appreciate um, 
him saving me by grace. And I think about how he works all things together for good, for those that love him. I love that as things happen in life. I love that he upholds all things by the strength of his power. And I love that. I just, I could go on and on. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. And Carly, how about you? Uh, for me, it's probably his word. Um, I didn't really know God before the age of 18. I used to uh, heckle the uh, RI teachers in the back of the classroom when I was in primary school. So <laughs> I really have come quite a long way. But um, it's just that at the age of 18, I had a friend who invited me to church and I started to hear sermons and I started to consistently read the Bible. And then I realised that I really needed to be forgiven for the way that I'd been leading my life up until then. And uh, it just really powerfully changed my life. And uh, it's, an, it's an ongoing process. I mean, his word is still convicting and it still offers a lot of mercy and a lot of grace and it still gives me a, a sense of peace. Thank you. And Val, for you, so part of living our lives as Christian women, I want to grab the mic, <laughs> is just soaking our lives in God's word. What are some different ways that you do that at the moment? Yeah, thanks, Tori. So there's a few ways. Um, first, I'm following a Bible plan. Um, I follow different Bible plans, you know, during different seasons. So this one, I'm reading a chapter a day or almost every day when I can. Then there's the usual preaching every week at church. Um, then I belong to a fortnightly home group where we then study further what was preached on Sunday. And then as per, you know, the Paul and Timothy model we're looking at, um, I also then meet one-on-one with a much more mature Christian sister or the Paul in our relationship um, where we, yeah, again, Bible reading and discipleship. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Um, Dina, how about you? How do you fit in Bible reading or prioritise Bible reading in your life? Um, I, I love it. It's been different things over different years, depending on where I'm at, what season of life I'm in. Recently, I have more time than I've ever had in my entire life. It's crazy. You know, I have one son at home and that's it. And I think I worked up until we got married. We had kids fairly quickly. And you know what it's like. It's just go, go, go. So yeah, it's a really crazy time. Um, and so I love that. And so I'm doing a Bible study on my own. And then also I, this year, last couple of years, I've had the privilege of organizing um, with the other group, another group of women, the Our Ladies Bible Study. So preparing for that's been fantastic. And then um, just this year, I, um, you know, have had the privilege of going along to Bible college, which I'm absolutely loving. So what were your reasons for wanting to go to Bible college and study the Bible more formally? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think a few years ago, I went along to uh, Ministry uh, Ministry to Women, I think it's called, at QTC. And I just loved that. I loved how it helped me love Jesus more. And then my husband, I, I just love the way he thinks. He's, he's a pastor, and so I've been sitting under his teaching for many years, you know. But talking about things around the table, hearing him counsel other people, I've, I've loved seeing how he can get more deep into the word and understand it. And I know you don't have to go to Bible college for that. I know some people are really good studying on their own. I'm not. So um, when the opportunity came, you know, I thought I'd like to take it. And I also just want to love God more deeply. So thank yeah. you. And so Carly, Dina mentioned the different seasons of life. Mm. 
if people are in a season of life or when you've been in a season of life where you haven't always been able to hear the sermon, for example, what are some ways that you still make sure that you're keeping time in the Word? Yeah, um, I went through a stage where I'd go to church and I'd just end up in the car park pushing a pram with a baby or babies or I'd end up in the creche or I'd be tag-teaming with my husband uh, looking after children. Um, So I'd miss the sermon a lot. And uh, still now, because I'm involved with teaching kids' church, I will still miss quite a few sermons. Um, But what I found really helpful is just listening to Christian podcasts. I'm rotating through about three at the moment or listening to uh, sermons online. And I can do that any time of the day when you're doing boring jobs like hanging out the washing or cooking or when I'm driving to work or when I'm at the gym. Um, So... I think the internet's great for that. You can do it any time of day. Um, but also, uh, like Dina, I'm really excited by going to Bible college. Now that my four kids uh, are in primary school, I've been able to do some part-time study and it's, it's the highlight of my week because it's just really shown me how the Bible fits together from the very beginning all the way up to the end. Fantastic. Thank you. So, Dina, we've been hearing about how... Uh, the message of the cross is, you know, God's wisdom and the, the foolishness of the world's wisdom. Um, what are some ways, like in the face of that, when do you need reminding that God didn't give us a spirit of uh, fear, but instead a spirit of power and love and self-control? I guess uh, the first thing that came to mind when Tori asked me that was that I historically am a real people pleaser. And... Um, you know, I get very, I just want people to like me, and I know it's sinful. Um, and if you think about it, you know, I think, gosh, I wouldn't want anyone putting me above God, because I'm horrible and sinful, but sometimes I would do that. I was talking with people, I think, oh, I want them to like me or whatever. So um, the Lord has broken me over the years, and the way that he has done that, it has been in a few different ways. Um, his word, first of all, I think the more that you see in his word that he's the one um, that you're to worship um, and people aren't to be an idol in your life. That's one way. Uh, sitting under my husband's preaching, my husband has a big view of God and always points me toward God's sovereignty and how big and wonderful and majestic he is. And so when I go through these little anxious things, you know, we'd have discussions and he would just talk me through it and say, you know, think through these things. Also, you know, you can't please everyone. So over the years, especially, you know, being a pastor's wife, you you really can't please everyone. And so sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, I couldn't please someone. And I just sort of over the years have had to say, that's all right. It doesn't matter because I serve a big God and I just need to stand before God and let, you know, he's the one I need to please. Um, It's still a struggle. I still you know, I still default to that sometimes, but I'm just thankful for the freedom that comes in Christ and, and being able to recognize it and say, oh, no, I'm making too big a deal out of this. I need to, you know, confess and realize and remember how big God is and that he's the one I need to please. Thanks. And Carly, when do you feel like you've got that situation as well? Yeah, I think I think I'm fearful of people's responses when I say I can't go to something because I go to church on a Sunday morning. So with four kids, we get lots of birthday party invitations or there's lots of sporting things. 
Um, but an example would be last weekend we had our school annual fundraiser. And, of course, it was on Sunday morning. It was a fun run. So it's, it's really awkward to say, sorry, we, we really can't help out or we can't man the fairy floss stall because church is our priority. And um, sometimes, or quite often, people don't quite understand that. And you might say, well, I've got a lot of uh, good Christian friends there that are really important to me. Or um, I really like to hear the message because I like to learn about Jesus. And there'll just be this blank look on their faces. Or there'll just be this awkward silence. Um, But uh, I've been having a conversation with one lady and she's really interested in the community aspect of church and the different generations getting getting together. But not so much um, the message, but uh, that conversation isn't finished yet. So it's ongoing. (laughs) Thank you. And Val, what about you? Where are you tempted to be fearful or ashamed of the gospel? Um, Yeah, so uh, I was about to say, when do you need reminding? I'm like, all the time. (laughs) But especially in my workplace. So I work in government. um, And so a lot of the times the workplace agenda... is totally opposite to God's agenda. So, you know, have to. I am definitely tempted at times to be, um, you know, lukewarm and ashamed of the gospel. So, man, how great was the preaching been so far? The teaching, <laughs> hey. So, just great reminder there. I also, I also do have the tendency to um, um, want to fight back at times. So, a lot of the times, I can just sense, um, just you know, get my heart right before God and really repent of my self righteousness. Um, and, you know, just as uh, Jane was preaching, I've got a new view to look at it's people in Christ and people out of Christ. And so it's just got to remember that um, in my workplace. Mm. Mm. And what else do you find helpful as you're approaching the workplace? Yeah, um, so praying um, as well as meeting up with um, regularly with other believers. So um, we have a prayer group at, in our workplace and I work building through the City Bible Forum Ministry. And they've just really helped me, just remind me, you know, about eternity and, you know, God's kingdom above all, despite the, you know, the, the pressure to conform. Um, and then you're just praying um, for God, to God for courage and opportunity. So it's funny how around my workplace, you know, a lot of the, you know, beliefs are against God's, but every single time that I've asked someone if they wanted prayer for a difficult situation, they've all said yes. So, you know, God is still good in that. Mm. And once people know you're a Christian, yeah. you were saying that sometimes the opportunities can come to you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's been a lot of situations, but a particular um, testimony is last year, um, a work colleague who I hadn't seen in years just messaged me um, out of the blue, and she's like, hey, Val, you know, I want to talk about Christian things. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, you know, (laughs) is this a debate that's going to happen? Um, But long story short, no, um, you know, she was sharing her journey. I was like, you know, you're a Christian now. I actually was able to then take her through, uh, you know, Christian beliefs. And, yeah, she's now a Christian. She's actually meeting up with one of the City Bible Forum leaders to read the Bible um, every fortnight and me when I could make it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she got baptised a few months ago as well. So, you know, um, your workplace is, you know, sometimes your main ministry because you're there all the time. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. And thanks for talking too about that sort of older women meeting with you and praying with others because it, it does remind us of uh, Timothy and mm. Paul and their relationship. Um, Dina, how about you? How are you uh, surprised by God's grace in your ministry at the moment? Um, well, at the moment, I have the privilege of uh, working together with some women in my church and organizing the women's Bible studies. And I'm just, 
that's just such a blessing for me. I love it. I'm learning so much for them, and it's so wonderful getting into God's word. We've been, in, uh, generally, uh, we use the coma questions that are out of David Helm's one-to-one -one Bible reading, like an adaptive version of that. And so we study a book of the Bible, and um, I guess the delight that I've had in that is like women coming up to me and saying, one woman, you know, recently, not too long ago, came up and said that she hadn't realized that she could just read the Bible at home and get into it deeply and she didn't have to like have a commentary or a Bible, you know, a study guide or something that she could just get into wor um, God's word. A big shout out for Jen Wilkins' book too. I love that book. <laughs> Too and late, it's gone. I Can't know. <laughs> yeah, and heads up for the ladies at our church. We're going to do a course on that in January. So, fantastic book. The other wonderful thing I love about our ladies' Bible studies is that we've got women from 18 to late 60s, 70s. I'm not, I don't ask people their ages. So. <laughs> but all coming around God's word and bringing their, you know, freshness and their wisdom and it's just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, that cross-generational yeah. ministry is lovely. And it reminds me, somebody said something to me recently that we're all the older woman to someone and we're all the younger woman mm -hmm. to somebody else. And it was just helpful to think of both those perspectives. Um, now, thinking about different generations, um, Val, as you think about your own generation, what's something that you specifically and hope and pray for for your generation? Yeah, no, there's um, many things, but the main thing, you know, one of my favourite verses is John 13, 35, which Jesus says, you will know you are my disciples by the way you love each other. So, yeah, definitely always praying that God would... Um, yeah, continue to grow us in his um, definition of love and that through that then, you know, the outside world will be drawn to us. Mm. Thank you. How about you, Carly? What's something you pray for? Well, I think particularly my generation, life is could be crazy busy and I guess I just want women to know that um, now is the time to read your Bible, now is the time to teach your kids because... You've only got a, a very short space of time to influence them where they're under your control. Um, so even though life changes, life gets chaotic, you've just got to stay plugged into God. Mm. And not think that there'll be a, a time in the future where you might... Although, actually, you do have that yeah. time in the future now, don't you, do? <laughs> And we still need to be growing now. We need to be growing now. That's, That's right. So, Dina, just to yeah. finish us off, what's something that you hope and pray for for your generation? I'm, I was kind of thinking, I think I'm actually a baby boomer. I'm not sure. Like, my kids are all into, you know, definitions of things. So, anyway, you can tell me later. But um, I actually look to my parents who are in their 80s and who are still really involved in their church. They, my mom teaches kids Sunday school. My dad was, you know, teaching the adult Bible studies. They have their young pastor's family over for lunch and my mom cooks gluten-free for them and you know on and on my mom they just amaze me so they live on the other side of the world and I don't get to see them often but they're my go-to counselors because they always point me to the love of Jesus and I just really hope that that's what I'm going to be when I'm 80 you know and um I really I know you know we're all in different situations and so women you wind up having to care for your older parents. I've, I've had to do that with my mother-in-law. 
you might have other situations, your health might deteriorate, so it's not like we can all be doing physical things or whatever, but I just pray that um, as we get older, like there's a real temptation to be like, you know, taking a caravan around Australia, you know, but I really, and you know, that's great, that's great, so, (laughs) and there is, you know, people do that and they go and minister to small churches around the place, so that's fantastic. Um, But I hope that we'll just always ask the question, you know, how can I live for Jesus and love him today? And then, you know, as God shows you that, I'll actually trust and obey and do that. So, Thank you. And thank you so much, ladies. Uh, Why don't we pray for them and for us? Loving Father, thank you for Dina and Carly and Val. Thank you that they are yours Thank you for the encouragement it is to hear them talk about the joy and the challenges of living their lives for you. Help them to stay rooted in you and your word, whatever that looks like um, practically. Help them to give it priority. Help them to seek to live it faithfully. Help them and us to live by your wisdom that saves and not by the world's wisdom that just leads to perishing. Keep them all growing in you and make the most, help them to keep making the most of every opportunity in every season of life to serve you and hold out the message of the cross. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a clap. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Special thanks goes to our platform host, The Gospel Coalition Australia. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper, and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary. Hi Lydia Project listeners, we wanted to let you know that we are changing our platform host to Podbean. Taryn's done all the tricky back-end work, so the change will be fairly seamless if you listen to the podcast via iTunes or via a podcast app. But if you normally access the podcast via the Gospel Coalition website, then you'll need to move over to Podbean or Spotify or iTunes or any other listening kind of app in order to access the podcasts. We're still aiming to get them out every two weeks or so, and you'll still be able to see a pretty photo of each guest with links to any books or websites that were discussed in the episode. In fact, the whole production from our end is going to be more seamless and faster to do, and that was actually a big part of us wanting to move to the Podbean platform. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next episode. My special guest today is Katie. Katie, your mum and I co-host the Lydia Project podcast and you also help out too. So I thought it'd be nice for our listeners just to hear a little bit about you. And of course, the question I love asking people is, how did you come to faith in Christ? Well, I actually grew up in a Christian household and Christian parents and went to church a lot. So I always considered myself a Christian, but it wasn't until quite recently that I actually understood what that meant. And it wasn't just saying that you're a Christian, you actually have to act it out as well. I think James says, faith without deeds is dead. That specific verse was like, oh, right, I actually need to do something and sure up my faith instead of just saying that I have faith. So probably, yeah. Thank you. Now tell us, what do you do for the podcast? I am the admin assistant, so I do little bits and bobs here and there, emails, 
rough edits of interviews and transcripts, little things like that. Cool. And what are your favourite parts of all the backgroundy stuff that you do? I really enjoy listening to the podcasts. I enjoy hearing all the different stories and the wisdom that the women have to share. So that is definitely one of my favorite things. And what do you find hard about it? <laughs> I am quite sensitive to certain sounds. So the sound of saliva in people's mouths just goes right through me. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. And that is definitely something that's a little bit annoying to have to repeatedly hear. But it is satisfying when I get to cut it out. Awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, to help us find a little bit more out about you, tell me, do you have a favourite movie? Or just I a do. Or you love? 10 Things I Hate About You is just one that I can watch and chill, and it is fluff. I will say that. Like, it's got zero meaning behind it, and it's absolute nonsense, but it is something that you can just zone out and watch, and it's But funny. she's a great character. Yes. What's her yes. name? Cat. Cat, yes. Yeah. yeah, she's fun. And what's a book that you love reading? I don't have a favourite book. I'm one of those people that would read a book and really enjoy it, but won't ever read it again because that's, I don't know, I find it boring. So I enjoy a lot of action and adventure and high adrenaline books, but yeah, I don't have a favorite. Matthew Riley? Have you read any yes, of them? Yes, yes, yes. I have his whole Scarecrow series. So hard to put it down. I know, Like right? every chapter ends on a cliffhanger. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what about a favorite Bible verse? Do you have one? My favourite Bible verse is Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, I think it is. Yeah. Do you know it off by heart? I don't know off by heart, but I can read it out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Nice. Thank you. Why is it your favourite? When I was a kid, I don't know why, I read it in the in Matthew and was like, that that is awesome. I need to be showing everyone my faith. But again, I didn't really understand that until way later. But yeah, just I think that's something that I just don't do naturally. I think, feel like no one does that. No one just naturally is like, I'm a Christian and like shows their faith. So yeah, that's something that I've definitely been trying to work on is showing my faith instead of just saying, because yeah, faith is not deeds is dead. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, because, well, I mean, I know we're at the same church, but we're looking at 1 Peter and talking about suffering as a Christian and something that Claire Smith said, actually, in the interview that we did with her, that when we say what we believe and it's a bit awkward or it's not sort of socially acceptable and yet we decide to say it anyway it, it is awkward and it and it can be hard and it in a way that is the kind of suffering that us as Christians are experiencing in Australia today we're Definitely. not being persecuted physically and then it just makes sense of that anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted but yeah, if you just if yeah, if you are caring about the truth and you do want to stand up for it, it does lead to some hard moments Definitely. as a Christian. Yeah. yeah. So Katie, you are of a different generation to me. You have your Bible in your pocket at all times. That's pretty <laughs> cool. We didn't. We had to carry them around, didn't we? No such thing as a Bible in our pockets when we were teenagers. But tell me what apart from having the Bible in your pocket, what is a great thing about being a teenager in the twenty twenties? Oh my word. 
I mean, we do have a lot more freedom than a lot of other generations, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I think it does make teenage years a lot harder. But I feel like we do have a lot more access to things that you guys didn't have as well. Like, you know, being able to like just Google something again in your pocket. And I feel like that does give us a little bit of a benefit to be able to retain information that you guys wouldn't necessarily have known. But yeah, I don't, I don't really know if of a, like a major thing that would be like great about my generation because I haven't lived up the generations to be able to compare. But yeah, I feel like our generation is also just mimicking a lot of other generations. Like our style is like 80s and everything. So I feel like we, we get a taste, a little taste of every other generation before us. That's but hard for you though, how... because the 80s were a really good decade. They, they were. I mean, I didn't <laughs> live them, but <laughs> looking back and hearing the music and everything, it was awesome. Oh, to be a teenager in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish that people of my generation and maybe older understood about being a teenager in this generation? That's a difficult question. Because I think that what my generation is struggling with today is mostly different to what other generations have experienced. But that doesn't mean that they don't understand. Because things like body image and mental health are a bigger issue today. But it was an issue for the old generations as well. Just it wasn't as well voiced and not a lot of people talked about it life is hard and I think that every generation knows that and understands that so I think that the question should be more what should the younger generation understand about the older generation and I think the answer to that is that the older generation understands that life is hard and that they have wisdom to share so us as the younger generation needs to listen and in turn understand and to finish off Katie what keeps you sticking with Jesus one thing is looking at the world and seeing how lost people are without him and being able to compare how unsure they are of themselves and life and everything like that and then comparing that to Christians around me and myself and realizing that I have a a sense of assurance and hope that like hardly anybody else has and being able to compare and contrast it's like whoa We need God and it's very, very clear watching other people's lives and even watching, you know, our own as Christians. So that's definitely something that encourages me every day. It's also sad, but it encourages me to live out my faith. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for being the first person on the Lydia Project to say, and like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) In an interview. (laughs) It's brilliant. It is so great to have you working on the Lydia Project with us and Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Special thanks goes to our platform host, the Gospel Coalition Australia. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary.